that's what we pray today, that you wouldn't just come to church, that you would have an encounter with the Spirit of God. We believe, we know, we proclaim that Jesus is alive. He's not just a concept or an idea, but he is the Lord and he is risen. And the Lord is here. He's near. And I'm praying this morning, every one of us in this place, yes, that you would have a great experience coming to church, but way more than that, that you would actually encounter the spirit of the living God that is poured out in this place. Let's take just a moment and turn our eyes to Jesus. Jesus, we love you today. We need you. We look to you. You're the Lord. You're the Savior. You're the captain of the army. You're the head of the church. You are, Lord, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. And so today we turn our eyes upon you. We're here as your bride. We're here as your children. We're here as your servant. And our heart's desire is for you to be glorified and for you to be pleased. That's what we ask today. Be pleased. We bless you. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, before you're seated, why don't you ask your neighbor, how come they get so better, better looking every time you see them? Why, how could that happen? How could that possibly happen? They just keep getting better looking all the time. Well, <laughs> better without, the, without your glasses, that's for sure. It's kind of cool that Alan and Kay are here today on their 51st wedding anniversary. Guys... We sure hope it works out for you. We're really, we're really praying that, you, it'll really, that it'll really work out for you. Wonderful. Well, we've been talking the last several weeks about the power of open. You know, we went through a whole year where everything seemed to be closed. But we don't want, you know, the, the situation and the circumstance around us to close us. We want to keep our life, our heart, our mind, our, our spirit open. And so we're talking about how powerful it is when we open. You know, when we open our heart to Jesus, how powerful is that? Well, I'll tell you how powerful it is. Eternal life comes. What's, what's more amazing than that? When we open our heart to God and to his son, eternal life comes. But we've, we've also been talking about what happens when we open our Bible. When we open our Bible, victorious life, overcoming life comes as well. And so we've been talking about the power of an open Bible. Sometimes our Bibles can sit on our shelf and gather dust and it was handed down or, or, or even our Bible app. You know, uh, we have an app maybe on our phone, but uh, we, re- we rarely go there. So we're, 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 we're challenging that and talking about opening our Bible and living our lives with our Bible open because powerful things happen when we open our Bible. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God. That means it's God-breathed. It's, when you open your Bible, you get really close to the breath of God. It's the word of God. So all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. Man, in, in a world of such confusion uh, and, and misunderstanding, it's, we need something that can teach us what's true. We need a plumb line. 
We need an accurate compass for our life. So the scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives, what's wrong in our marriage or what's wrong in our thinking or what's wrong in our work situation or what's wrong in our relationships. Well, the Bible, the scriptures teach us, help us realize what's wrong in our lives. And it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it, the Bible, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So we've been talking about a revival of the Bible. We've been talking about having a Bible revival in our home, in our life, and in our church. So the power of an open Bible. And when we open our ear and we, when we open our Bible and then we open our ear to hear and to obey, powerful, powerful things happen. Or when we open our Bible app. Just, just as good. No, no problem. So we've been asking, what happens when we open our Bible? Well, powerful things happen. One of the first things that happens when we open our Bible is that faith comes. We read uh, in, in um, uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you open your Bible, faith comes. And then we, uh, we understand this. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory that helps you overcome every situation in your life. So when we open our Bible, faith comes, and faith gives us victory for living. The second thing we've discovered when we open our Bible is that light comes. Light, light, insight, revelation, uh, the ability to see clear comes. And we read in Psalm 119, and verse 130, the entrance of your word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. It turns on the light on the inside. We've been saying that it brings light and insight for what's right. How do I know what's right? Everyone's got an opinion. Well, the scriptures, when we open the Bible, God's word, light and insight for what's right comes. As a matter of fact, the psalmist said, in Psalm 119 and verse 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So powerful things happen when we open our Bible. We also find that there's a cleansing, a washing, a cleansing, a refreshing that comes when we open our Bible. Jesus said in John 15 and verse three, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. It's like a washing in the word. And we read in Ephesians that Christ loved the church, gave himself for her, that he might cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word. Sometimes when I'm sitting in my early morning devotions and I've got the Bible and, and I'm either reading it or listening to it, honestly, it just feels like a refreshing. It feels like maybe I'm, I'm, I'm getting a, 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 my first morning shower in. There's something wonderful. When we open our Bible, light comes and faith comes and cleansing comes. We talked last time, wisdom comes. I think wisdom is what we're crying out for. And I, I even made a challenge. You know, the book of Proverbs has uh, 31, 31 chapters. And if you took one chapter a day, what's today, the 18th? Today's the 18th, right? So if you started today with chapter 18 of the book of Proverbs and for 31 days, 
You could read a proverb every day, and the proverbs are full of wisdom. I had one of the young men come up to me this last week and say, I started doing that. I'm reading the proverb every day that, you know, correlates with the date. And he said, I'm getting all kinds of insight and wisdom out of it. And I think that's, that's just fantastic. So wisdom comes when we open our Bible. We need wisdom today. In Psalm 119 and verse 98, it says, you, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. There's something about the wisdom of God that will cause you to rise above your adversaries and your enemies. So a Bible revival brings understanding and insight and knowledge and wisdom, and these are good things. These are powerful things. But today, I want to show you something else that happens when you open your Bible. Something amazing. And here's what we read in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. The milk of God's word is filled with nutrients and sustenance. It's like, the, it's like a newborn baby desires that perfect, that perfect food for that child to grow. And that, that it, it's, the DNA is just right. The nutrients are just right for a little person to become a big person because of the power of the food and the sustenance that is in the milk, the nutrients that are there. This is how we grow. We want to grow. The New Living Translation says it like this. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Your Bible is filled with the nourishment that will help you grow. Cry out. Crave, it says. Crave and cry out. Now, I wonder, does that describe your relationship with your Bible? A craving and a crying out like a baby does? I know the devil would have me too lazy to read my Bible. I know the devil would have me too busy to read my Bible or too anything to read my Bible as long as he could keep me from growing into a better person and into a better man and into a better Christian and a better husband and a better human being. He would do anything he could to keep that from happening in me, to stop my growth, as it were, and to hold me back. But when you crave and cry out for the Bible, you're about to have a revival. And you're about to grow, and you're about to change, and you're about to become someone better. Because that's what God's Word does. It makes us better. The Passion Translation says it like this. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's Word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished, and strong for life. Strong for life. When you open your Bible, it nourishes you and makes you strong for your life. So there is milk, there is bread, there is meat, there is food in God's Word. So here's what I want to say today. When you open up your Bible, you sit down at His table. 
you open your Bible and you sit at his table. Now that's powerful. That's strong because there is food prepared for you. His word is our daily bread. His message is a meal. The scripture is for sustenance. And yes, there is nutrients in the New Testament. Come on, I worked two hours on that. Two hours just for that. Come on now. <laughs> say, did you say say it again? Oh, man, that gets me my, my hours. It's, his word is for our daily bread. His message is a meal. The scripture is for sustenance. And there are nutrients in the New Testament. All right. So <laughs> what I'm trying to say, without being too cheeky, is that there is a feast and a feed at the Father's table. And when you open your Bible, you take a seat at his table. You know, Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and dine with him. I'm knocking. If you open the door, I will come into you and dine with you. Now, when we read that passage about Jesus knocking and wanting to come in and dine, when we read that with John chapter 1 and verse 1, we read these two together, and here's what we read, because in John, we understand that Jesus is also called the Word. And so here's what it says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, when you put those two passages together, Jesus, the word, Jesus, the logos, and Jesus knocking at the door, open up so that we can have a meal together. I mean, this is powerful. The word is knocking at the door of your heart. And Jesus says in the New Living Translation, I will come in and we will share a meal as friends. The passion says, I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me. The message says, I'll come right in and sit down to supper with you. Come on, somebody, open your Bible and take a seat at his table. Now, physically, how important is food in our life? Well, we all know very. Some of you right now are already thinking about it. It's kind of daily a part of who we are and how we live and what we think. It's very important to us. What happens if we don't eat? What happens if we go hours or days or even longer and don't eat? See, parents want their children to grow and to be strong and to be healthy. So every day, every child has a seat at the table, at least in this blessed nation of Australia, that's the case. Thank God for Australia. Every day, every child has a seat at the table, and there is a nutritious meal prepared for our children to grow, to be strong, to be healthy, because this is the love of a parent. Now, God is our heavenly Father, and He wants us to thrive. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to overcome. He wants us to live a victorious and a virtuous life. And there was food at his table. Jeremiah, the prophet, said in chapter 15 and verse 16, your words 
were found and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart, for I'm called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. There is a seat every day for you at his table. Food that is prepared. We all need a healthy feed. We all need a healthy feed. Look, God did not just give us the Bible as a textbook. No, he gave it for food, for growth, for living. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living. It's powerful. I sit down to partake of that which is living and powerful. God's word is living and life-giving sustenance for you and for me. It is spiritual food. It renews our mind and it revives our strength. It's food for us that relieves our stress and repairs our soul. It's food. God's word is food for us that reveals our thoughts and restores our lives. And we have a seat at his table. 1 Peter 1.23 says this, for through the eternal living word of God, you have been born again. And this is what feeds us, the eternal and the living word of God. Physically, living food is much healthier than processed food. You know, they, they say when you go into Woolies or, or Kohl's or wherever it is that you go to shop, shop on the outside of the store. Don't go down the aisles. On the outside of the store, I mean, not the outside, but I mean the outer side of the store, that's all the fresh food. That's the living food. That's the fresh stuff. That's the veggies. That's the, the fruit. That's the, the you know, the, the, the dairy, you know, that kind of a thing. And then down the aisles is all the processed food, everything that's in boxes, everything that's, you know, processed and and, and stuffed and, and, but the living food is around the edges of the store. At least that's what they tell us. So physically, living food is much healthier than processed food. Now, what are you feeding yourself? Or what is feeding you? I went to dictionary.com on the internet this week, and I looked up the word for feed, and here's what I found. To give food to, supply with nourishment. Come on, we all need a healthy feed. And the word feed in the dictionary means to give food to and supply with nourishment. But I also found this definition. A website or application that publishes updates from social media, like a collection of news websites. With the example, I follow all of the latest celebrity gossip in my Twitter feed. So this is, I mean, in the same dictionary that tells me healthy food sustenance, it also says it's talking about our social media feed. Isn't it interesting that it's called a feed? And so which feed is feeding me? 
Which feed is forming me? Which feed has more impact and influence in my life? My social feed or my spiritual feed? I mean, how many times a day do I access my social feed compared to how many times a day I access what feeds my soul? You know, sometimes we look at each other and we say, dude, what's eating you? You know, the better question is, what's feeding you? Facebook or his book? Or maybe Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or Snapchat, Superfish, WhatsApp, WeChat, Tumblr, LinkedIn, QZone. I actually found 124 apps for social media. And I found out that right now, four billion people are actively involved using social media. Facebook is by far the biggest because Facebook has 1.6 billion users. So what about what's feeding my soul? Are the likes I get on Facebook more important than the love I get in his book? Does the likes on Facebook mean more to me than the love in his book? Now, I'm not against Facebook. I was on there this morning and looked at all the photos of the big walk yesterday that so many were a part of. So I'm not against Facebook. I just don't want it feeding me and leading me and meaning more to me than his book. Facebook is for information and communication, but his book is for inspiration and transformation. Facebook is for questionable facts, but his book is for immutable truths. We read in Psalm 67 and verse 1, it says, God bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. His face to shine upon us. And then with that thought, we read in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, beholding the glory of the Lord, in other words, his face, beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Think of that as we behold his face, in his book, we are transformed into his likeness from glory to glory. And Facebook will never be able to do that for you. But I'll tell you what Facebook can do. It can form you into its image. Because whatever we look at long enough, we begin to look like. I'm talking today 
To every follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm saying this, we should desire the food of his word more than the food of this world. And when you open up your Bible, you sit down at his table. A table with living and life-giving food that will help you through your life, that will help you through your struggles and your trials and your tests and the snares and the temptations and the lies and the darkness that can surround us. He has prepared a table for you, a table with living and life-giving food. And so let us crave and cry out for food that makes us grow and gives us life. Let us desire the food that will make us holy and healthy. Let us hunger for the food that will make us more like Jesus, more kind, more humble, more trusting, more compassion. Let us hunger for the food. I'm telling you, sometimes you get off your social media feed and you're not feeling more kind and more humble and more compassion. Let us hunger for the food that will make us more like Jesus. Don't let the processed food of this world become the main staple of your diet. Don't live on the caffeine and sugar of current culture and social media. A little bit of that is all you need. Too much of that, and it will make you crazy and confused. To be honest, the more I'm fed by the word, the more I'm fed up with the world. The world is not our home. Followers of Christ, sitting there at home or here in the building, listen to me, please. This world is not our home. It's not. Hebrews 13, 14 says, for this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Let's not get too attached here. Let's not get too settled here. Let's not get too locked in and locked down here. Let's not get caught up in the chaos. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 31, we are to live as those who live in the world system but are not absorbed by it. For the world as we know it is quickly passing away. I just want to read that again. We are to live as those who live in the world system but are not absorbed by it. For the world as we know it is quickly passing away. I'm going to ask our team to come, please. And I want to read from Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Think about the things 
of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life, your real life, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. We're just passing through. We're like Abraham. We're sojourners. This is not our permanent place. Open your Bible and take a seat at his table. Eat from the living, life-giving word of God. And my last scripture. In John chapter 6 and verse 63, Jesus said, the words, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Open your Bible and sit at his table. Open up the word and take a seat at the table of God. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, would you take this very simple message, this small attempt, and would you somehow speak deep to our spirit and our soul? Would you do what no speaker could ever do? Would you convince our heart of what's right? Would you begin to work right now, Holy Spirit? Would you do something beyond what a man can do, beyond what natural can do? Holy Spirit, would you begin, even when someone right now is sitting there at home or listening to a podcast or even in this auditorium this morning, would you begin to stir? And Lord, would we as followers of Christ begin to cry out and crave, not for the shallow and the empty and the narrow, but for the deep, life-giving word of God. Help us as we guard our hearts and our minds, as we live by the scriptures. In Jesus' name I pray.